1: It's chilly. It is chilly. <gasps> Speaking of chilliness, you're looking pretty fresh Murray with oh, your thanks, new man. haircut.
0: Yeah, man. This uh, this episode is brought to you by Stonecutters Barber <laughs> up around <at> Round <Ram> Corner. <laughs> I'll tell you what, man. It's a ni- not- nice to just get a little pampered sometimes. Yeah. Yeah. You smell yes. good,
1: like I said,
0: yeah. They, I don't know For what sure they sprayed like. on me, but it's smelling good. The guys yeah. were nice. They were very excited to hear all about the centre. So it's yeah, good it times. It good yeah. times. So, yeah, big shout-out to Will at Stonecutters. <laughs> <laughs> What's your sort of your treat yourself? Are you a Parks and Rec fan? Okay. Uh, well, anyway, they have a saying called treat yourself. <laughs> <laughs> they, have, they, they just make up a day called treat yourself Self, day. Okay. And they just go out and, like, treat yourself. What's, like, you sort of treating yourself, oh. pampering yourself, Going a bit above and beyond.
1: Oh, uh, well, I don't I lived in Chester Hill.
0: I'd go get, get a haircut from the local. Yeah. But yeah, I haven't done that since. Yeah.
1: <laughs> Rachel's been cutting my hair. Yeah, so.
0: I mean, she does a great job. Yeah. You wouldn't know that it's a home haircut. Yeah. yeah, I'm pretty cheap. That's why I get Rachel to do it. I would hope it's cheap. I'd <laughs> hope <laughs> she's not price gouging <laughs> Yeah, Charges kisses kiss. and cuddles, yeah, I thought. Yeah. So, you know. <laughs> okay. Yeah. No, I um I, I still one day uh am like maybe keen to get like a, a manicure. Okay. People keep on saying manicure. That's that's the like Is the it? height of new male indulgence. Is it? Uh yeah. I've I've had massages in the past. Massages are good. Yeah. Massages are very nice. Yeah. yeah. That's kind oh, of okay, like okay. a bit of a that's your day though i find yeah like uh, uh the last
1: massage i had was probably when i was in cambodia yeah right <laughs> So that's a while ago yeah 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 yeah. that's quite pleasant yeah cause I, was, I was a runner back then so i had sore legs all the time yeah so it was nice to like mm. get that you know those legs massaged out mm.
0: i've had a massage it. once where like it was so hard that i end up having more tension after as well okay yeah well that sucks <laughs> so sometimes you get what you pay for yeah, <laughs> Well, uh, thank you so much for the sermon on Sunday. Fun. I really loved it and I think it was really sort of um, cool the way you tied in some stories of, you know, people in the history of the church mm. as well. It's so <clears throat> cool to hear about Marcion, the jewelist yes. <laughs> and about yeah. uh, what we had uh, Saint Saint Peter or Saint Patrick, Saint I should Patrick, say yeah. uh, St. Patrick and we also had a little brother Lawrence. So yeah, you know. We jumped around some of the some it of the did. hottest hits of hottest church hits of history. Which yeah. I love it, if there is such a thing. Yeah. So I think like one thing that you really brought out was this idea of everything is spiritual, right? Mm. This idea that there is no sort of separation between going to small group and sorting out the recycling, mm. right? Does that mean that I can not go to small group if I'm sorting out my recycling? Is that a, <laughs> is that a justifiable reason? I'm taking care of the environment. <laughs> yeah. I, I think we need to honour the commitments we I make think in can. our diary as well. So
1: I suppose that's part of the... Like priorities lists and when we did this exercise at college the point of it was to show I guess that there are some things that have more importance than others they take up more time mm-hmm. and energy but they're not doesn't mean they're not important yeah. and it was it was in the subject of wisdom literature and so the lecture was really trying to get us to see that, that one of the purposes of wisdom literature like so Proverbs, Ecclesiastes and mm-hmm. Job and all that was to Give that idea of life as being like holistic and worship, and sure. that's, and so yeah, like and for like particularly like the type of church I grew up in, it was very much the priority is Bible, you know, mm. no no breakfast, no Bible sort of things, and it's mm. like well actually like if you look at life, there's some other things that are important too, sure. and yeah, you know you don't just neglect them because yeah of this yeah, like yeah. The, the classic ones like quiet time, so. Yeah, what happens if you get struck by a lightning bolt if you missed your Bible reading in the morning? Yeah. And it's like, well, actually, no. Like, there's sometimes things come up in life. And so, yeah, that was the point of activity was to see that, like, there's a a holistic aspect to life. Yeah. And so probably in that list, I would put sorting, recycling, probably at the bottom (laughs) compared to the others, you know. (laughs) But, yeah, just to see that it's still important. It's still part of life. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's not just neutral or negative or evil. It's yeah. just a facet if you look at the... If you look at your life as a pie graph. Yeah, What's the totally. important parts. And stuff. Yeah.
0: No, it's really, really good. And, it, like, it is so biblical, you know, like, do do everything yeah. for the Lord, right? Like Colossians 3.17. Yeah. And it's, like, one of those things where... I suppose, like, there's, there's a few different terms that I'd love for us to kind of explore mm. today. Um, and just maybe as a bit of a... Um, just reviser what how would you sort of um explain or define dualism yeah so dualism is dividing the world into
1: sacred or spiritual parts and just secular physical parts and so so yeah and dualism was sort of in in that world of the bible was often how people from who had like Platonic, so Plato, Plato saw the world that way, that spiritual matters are more important. So the point of life was to find some sort of enlightenment or Mm. escape this evil physical world Mm. to escape into heaven. And so, which is some of the problems that Paul faces in 1 Corinthians. He's, so when they're having sex and they go, ah, oh, you know, the body for food and who cares? Like, it's sort of like they didn't care. Like, oh, all sex is for pleasure. So it doesn't matter that we have sexual immorality. And Paul's like, ah, oh, no, 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 no. Yeah, but having sure. sex actually, your body is a temple of the Holy Spirit. It's, yeah. So he's trying to push them back. And even the resurrection passage in 1 Corinthians 15, trying to show, well, no, it's actually something like Christianity, and I've been reading N.T. Wright's book on Paul, and he argues that like, yeah, even, like, Paul didn't convert to Christianity. He found Judaism for its fullness as the Messiah, Jesus. But yeah, that's beautiful. following Jesus, the Messiah, it's yeah, a yeah. physical thing. The Jews believed in a physical yeah. resurrection. We know that at Lazarus' tomb, um, Mary's like, yeah, I know he's going to be resurrected. She's yeah. yeah. like, no, no, I'm the resurrection life right now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And so that was the, the view of the Jews, is that creation's good got the kingdom of God is here on the earth, not mm. some sort of place in I remember in Sunday school learning this song, I'm going somewhere in outer space. Mm. Uh, the countdown's getting closer every day and that was my view. We just sort of lived in the clouds yeah. with God and it's like, No, 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 like it's here on this earth. So life's to be celebrated. Yeah. And, and, and the creator is a good creator, mm. and so therefore his creation is good. Yeah, but we don't yeah. worship the creation, we rule and subdue over it. Sure. But always pointing back to
0: God, the sovereign one. So, And I, yeah. I think you like kind of um, brushed on something mm. there um, about the church in Corinth. Mm. Um, in their dualistic view of seeing some things as spiritual and Mm. some things as as flesh, right? Which we can get to a (laughs) bit about this idea of even the word flesh in the original Greek. But... Um, it's something else is really interesting that comes up. You kind of get, um, two sides of the same coin with dualism. You get certain things which you see aren't spiritual. So I don't know, you denigrate them. You don't sort of, um, think about how it can be a form of worship. So you're no longer thinking about what your heart is when say you, you know, sort the recycling. Mm. But the other side that you're kind of talking about is almost this like hedonism Mm. side, which, sort of, yeah, I'd love to hear a little bit about your thoughts with dualism, the danger of hedonism, mm. um, and, yeah, how that sort of then engages with a healthy understanding of everything being spiritual. Yeah, so hedonism,
1: we don't know, just means the excessive love for physical things. Sure. So, the book of Ecclesiastes speaks a bit about this, chapter two in particular, but, and, you know... The preacher has his harem, he's many women he sleeps with, he's wine, parties, wealth. Yeah. So he lives a very hedonistic life. Yeah. And then he kind of gets to it all and goes, ah, it's kind of hell, isn't it? It's kind of meaningless, kind of the sure. Vapor. And so that's probably where we sit in now as Christians in the 21st century mm. in the West, probably lean more to hedonism than dualism. But I still think there's a sort of link in that, is that people can when you do become hedonistic, you start putting the creation above the creator, which I guess is idolatry. Sure, uh, it's yeah. It's core. That's totally. what all idolatry is. Uh, and so I, I guess, uh, what am I trying to say that is that with um, hedonism, it's it, this real danger, I guess, of just living for pleasure, living for yourself. And how how that links in with, I guess, worship of God is that for... Yeah, if you if you really truly want to love the Lord your God with your heart, soul, mind, and strength, you will recognize that everything you got is a gift. Mm-hmm. That makes sense. So if if life totally. is a gift
0: from God, totally. then you're not just going to worship mm. anything else. So. Yeah, is there anything in the physical that you would say isn't spiritual? Mm. I suppose sin that sure. Be, yeah. So I suppose that body. is that is yep. spiritual, though, still. Mm. Right. It's mm. just not holy. <laughs> yes. It's, it's you mm. know, sort of it, it, it has a direct correlation still to spiritual, mm. which is sort of like this fascinating thing as well. That, um, yeah, th- 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 this, this is this hedonistic view, right, that our physical actions have no plus or minus effect mm. on our soul. Um, and that, yeah, it it, it can have both, right? Yeah, yeah, Um. Where the Bible teaches
1: our physical actions have an eternal response. Mm. And even, it's quite interesting, like, you look at Genesis, the act of Adam and Eve in the garden has impact for the whole cosmos. mm mm-hmm. So it's interesting. Have you ever seen the movie The Butterfly Effect? Yeah, I have uh, <laughs> I have seen it for ages, it's but that, that concept, you know, of, like... Yeah. You uh, the wings of a butterfly Does can it start a tornado yeah, or a tsunami. Yeah, yeah, and like you know, that's and in some ways that's kind of
0: what like Genesis three shows yeah. us
1: is that one action as this unraveling
0: consequence it's really interesting i don't know if i've said this on banter before but i saw this great quote once which was um you know classic whether it's the butterfly effect or back to the future or i think there's a bunch of like cartoons in the past who like go back to the prehistoric era Mm -hmm. in the society it's like don't touch anything like anything you do here could have like massive repercussions in you know however many you know years later um and essentially the person was making this point it's like why when we like go back in like the past in mm. those things do we understand that anything we do could have massive repercussions but we don't live that way in the present
1: yes yeah, because really cool.
0: ultimately we are living in the past of the future yeah, right yeah, now. Yeah. you know and i think it is really interesting to think how much every single action and choice and decision that we do can have such massive mm. ramifications like right? the movie *Tenet*. have you seen that i have seen *Tenet*. yeah, yeah. it's a little bit like that yeah they
1: get uh, the future hates the past because of the actions. Yeah. It's all on climate change, which, you know, it's a bit sort of like, okay, <laughs> sure.
0: <laughs> yeah. But it
1: was an interesting concept that the future hated the past, so they were sending futuristic technology to... Yeah. It was a weird movie. It took me a while to get my head around it. But I found that interesting concept. Mm. Yeah.
0: Uh, yeah. And, like, I think that it's something which is really fascinating when we start looking at, like, our understanding today of body and spirit and mm. this sort of, you know, idea that dualism is, um, poor theology, let's say. Yeah. Um, because the thing that you kind of brought up, uh, in your sermon was, uh, like Marcion, this sort of, I don't know, theologian, I suppose, yeah. his heretic, um, he was seen as so problematic by the early church that they're like, we need to, like, you know, create the Nicene Creed. We need to sort of create these clear sets of boundaries mm. and rules because they saw it as hugely problematic if this uh, vision, philosophy of dualism perpetuated forward in yeah. the church. And I think it's quite interesting to think that, you know, the early church fathers saw it as such a huge mm. problem that they wanted to weed out. And yet we look at our modern church And I think a lot of people, I even remember an old Ricky Gervais stand up. He kind of, you know, as an atheist, Mm -hmm. he goes, oh yeah, like Old Testament God is kind of like old school dad. You know, he gets the belt out, but like, you know, New Testament dad is like new age dad, you know, it's like, it's okay. Like everybody, it's okay. Like, let me make you a baby Chino. And I think a lot of people do have that understanding of the Christian God, the Christian story, the Old Testament and New Testament. Um... How do we like sort of address this now? Because mm. I feel like maybe the early church fathers would be pretty yeah. dismayed mm. to see how much this yeah. idea of dualism has bled back in, it's crept in. Yeah. Um. So I was reading
1: a book last week called Scripture Agriculture and um, yeah Scripture Agriculture and Culture. There you go. goes, a bit of a yeah. mouthful. Yeah. yeah by yeah, yeah. Ellen White, and um, she said so she talked a bit about the Marcion problem and said if you reject the the Old Testament, well, not only do you reject the foundation rock of the New Testament, but mm. that's we actually lose a lot of the goodness of creation because mm. that's the basis for a lot of Paul's theology. I mean, mm. Going back to NT, right, like he just says, like, Paul was so soaked in the Old Testament that it just comes across through, even when he's not quoting, it's there. He's riffing, he, he's riffing yeah. like, in, like, mild, like, it's just... Yeah, so you wouldn't have the even the letters that he's written mm. and the imagery of that. And so like in the verses that Paul uses, like clearly he's referring back to creation. Um, yeah, whether you eat or drink, whatever you do, do it for the glory of God for everything God create well, everything God created is good. So that's one Timothy four four. Like yeah, it's mm for him, that the Old Testament is a bedrock. And the classic passage, all scripture is God-breathed. Sure. And useful for teaching, rebuking, and yeah, yeah. training in righteousness. He wasn't talking about the Gospels. He wasn't mm. probably thinking of his letters. Yeah. A yeah. <laughs> bit big,
0: big, big cocky. Yeah. He's referring to the Tanakh,
1: the Old Testament. And, yeah, so how do we get back to that? Well, one of the things, this is sort of going a little off topic, but, Say the expression in say, the book of Romans, works of the law. Mm-hmm. And so you kind of read that. It gives this idea that salvation in the Old Testament was by works. Mm. So, and you read about God's wrath mm-hmm. and you think, oh, God was angry. So there's lots of violence in the Old Testament. Sure. There's you know, the plagues, the Canaanites, mm. et and so forth. And so you've got this sort of jaded view already. But you, read, you actually read the Passover account, the Israelites are saved before getting the law. Sure. So there's actually grace in there. Yeah. And Jesus even says, I haven't come to destroy the law, but to fulfill it. And he kind of reminds people that the law is always about the heart. Mm. So like, they take the classic Ten Commandments, the last commandment, thou shalt not covet. You can't police that.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. How do you measure? <laughs>
1: do you, like yeah, yeah. Yeah, and so even there, even the Ten Commandments, there's the final commandment, something that's within the heart. Um, mm. Yeah, Leviticus 19, um, 18, which I quoted from, like, yeah, love your neighbour as yourself. Yeah. There's this element. Yeah, there's external actions, mm. but you don't despise your neighbour. That's uh, mm. internal action. So there was... So, I think that's the, some of the problems. We don't understand God's wrath as actually being a positive thing. We don't get, we talked about this last week on the podcast yeah. About yeah. holiness. We don't really get that. I understand, like, the purpose of the law was the covenant, mm. which is like, yeah, you've been saved, but this is how to remain in it. Mm. And then we don't even really get the cross, I think, that God's wrath is poured out upon sure. Jesus. Like, <laughs> that's yeah. pretty heavy duty language there. Totally. And,
0: Totally, yeah. So, yeah. And, and again, do you think, like, almost our... Um, sh- I'm using very, like, general yeah, yeah, sort yeah. of analogy here, but um, our shallow understanding of the cross comes from living in a dualistic mindset. Like, it's oh, almost yeah. like, I think for so many people, even, like, me included, yeah, yeah. I sometimes, like, forget about the spiritual aspect of Jesus' crucifixion. Mm. Like, we love yeah, yeah, yeah. love. We so often uh, want to talk about the physical pain that yeah. he endured. And even, like, to a, a degree, the social, you know, the way that his yeah. disciples abandoned him, the way that, you know, he was mocked and ridiculed mm. and spat upon and all these things. But, yeah, this idea of spiritual abandonment, my God, my God, why mm-hmm. have you forsaken me? And this spiritual element to the crucifixion. Yeah. We kind of, I think, can miss that,
1: right? Yeah. Which is interesting. We sort of go the other way. We lean on the physical more. Totally. More more spiritual. Yeah, yeah, so that's a good observation. I hadn't really thought about that. Because I'm probably guilty of that. Yeah. You focus on that. But yeah, that's the Psalm right. 22 quote, that's... Yeah. Yeah. If you, That's the moment when most theologians suggest that God was pouring his wrath upon Jesus. Yeah, I don't know.
0: It's, it's hard to know. It's but that's incomprehensible. The yeah, yeah. Like, the idea of yeah. it is incomprehensible. Yeah. So, I want to... I want to defend dualists oh, for oh, a yeah, second, yeah, yeah. because look, I I think a lot of people will, can read some passages yeah. and go, hold on, like what do you, what do you mean yeah. that like there isn't a separation yeah, yeah. of of spiritual yeah. and flesh. Can we maybe first look at sort of a, a passage like Matthew sixteen twenty four? Yeah. Jesus says, If anyone wishes to come after me, he mm. must deny himself and take up his cross and follow me. Um, also, you know, Mark 8, 34 yeah, yeah, is that yeah, yeah. but there's this idea that you know even in Galatians like Paul himself is like talking about those who belong to Christ have crucified the yeah. flesh with its passions and desires. Yeah. Like what does this then mean then if they're not, you know, if these verses of scripture, which I think are, are very much, you know, oh, they're yeah, not completely yeah. out of context. No, no, no. They that, they they can feel? definitely be interpreted as a dualistic can, view, right? Well look,
1: yeah. I remember when I first started um, pastoring at Lidcombe, I preached on, I've got to open up here, 1 John 2.15, do not love the world or anything in the world. Sure. I preached on like the evils of the world. Mm. And and in my mind, it was the purpose of it was to, You do it doesn't matter about anything in life around you, your focus is God. And if you're yes. not focusing on God, that's sinful. So, like, so this has been a journey for me. So I guess to go back to Jesus crucifying the flesh, the, the word for flesh in Greeks is "sax," and predominantly is used about the sinful aspects mm. of the flesh. Mm. So when Jesus says deny yourself, pick up your cross, is it's in, in that lordship of like, well, who is the Lord? Is it you or is it me? And so in picking up your cross, you're denying yourself as number one and submitting to the lordship of jesus hmm. which actually may cost your life physically as sure. the early church, and many like christians today experience so it because on the flip side you look at jesus there's a author there's i can't remember his name now but he quotes that jesus feasted his way through the kingdom mm. like he's always yeah. eating meals he even says it yeah, go yeah, to the yeah. pharisees hey you don't fast when the
0: bridegroom's here you know yeah yeah, yeah yeah
1: and yeah, but then at the same time, too, Jesus did fast. And so mm. there is this element. So, ascetic is like a, a term that was used in the church. So, people who would give up, you know, they'd starve themselves and fast for long mm. periods. And like the base root of it is this idea of exercising. And so, there's mm. times in life where you need to, yeah, fast. You need to deny some, like, physical pleasures mm. um paul even says if couples deny having sex together you do it for prayer sure this like yeah you, um there was uh, yeah samson he was um had the nazirite vow mm. yeah paul took the nazirite vow didn't cut his hair didn't wash himself daniel mm. so there's times where for like important matters where you would deny something that's good in the world for a higher purpose mm-hmm. but it was always meant to be for in, say, like, Esther, you know, they fast for three days. Yeah. It, it was, yeah, um, Paul, he took his vow over a summer period. I can't remember exactly what it was for. It's in Acts, it's mentioned he did that. Yeah. Samson's another obvious one, you know, he was he was a lifelong vow. John the Baptist, they they, they did these vows for, for the and the purpose was to accomplish something spiritually, but it didn't mean that you just hated your body and you saw mm. it as this filthy, disgusting thing like... Yeah, yeah. Jesus came to restore our bodies mm. in the resurrection. Mm. So by like, yeah, denying the flesh, it's denying the sinful aspects that are in us, not mm. the goodness. So that's probably where. So you know, Augustine or Augustine. I don't know how sir. Say, I say Augustine. I say Augustine. Yeah, yeah, a lot of people say Augustine, but yeah, yeah, yeah. he he like really championed that view, like the whole original sin and yeah, you know, we just created this evil abomination. That's, sure. Yeah. And that's like, well, actually, we're created to be good. And, yeah, sure, there's sin within us. And yeah. David talks about, surely i are sinful before birth. And it's like, yeah, yeah. But, mm. like, human beings are in the, made in the image
0: of God. And there's, mm. God does love us. And mm. It's fallen world, but... Yeah. I also find it interesting, like, <clears throat> when looking at people's, like, theology, mm. to look at what they were coming out of. Yeah. And, like, Augustine, Augustine, like, is an interesting one because he very much, like, was um, ashamed of, I suppose, his sexual immorality. Mm. And it was this idea of, like, his sort of coming to faith moment was this moment of realising his depravity. Yeah, So it's fascinating that for him, like, theologically, to sort of follow Christ, to become a Christian, meant to deny, I suppose, mm. that lust in him. Um, and you can kind of understand how by that he sort of felt that by denying the flesh you are becoming more holy but ultimately what you're saying and i totally agree with is almost by denying the sinful mm. heart by does yeah, yeah. um yeah denying those sort of broken parts of us and ultimately it's then actually, I suppose, the counter-argument to that dualistic Mm. thinking is that, as we were saying before, even denying your flesh is spiritual like you know those moments of you know feasting and celebrating is spiritual Mm. and those moments of denying is also spiritual and it's not so much that you're denying the value of flesh but Mm. you're you know in your body making it holy by being restrictive in what you're doing and I suppose almost clearing out the temple, right, yeah, a yeah. little bit. So that's really cool. So then how does, uh, I suppose, an ascetic lifestyle fit into all of that? You sort of spoke yeah. about a bit of a, a bit of that as well.
1: Yeah. Um, so I suppose it's like the ascetic lifestyle that's done biblically not like the monks of the ye old days where so. <clears throat> you wander off into the wilderness and starve yourself and mm. jump into thorn bushes yeah. when you felt sexual <laughs> temptation. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. It would be this. It'd be cultivating your spiritual life. So let's let's use like the exercise analogy. Mm. There are lots of people that, <clears throat> from an exercise point of view, where live we a very ascetic lifestyle. In yes. In the that they watch what they eat, they go to bed at a certain time. They're very disciplined. Yeah. And so, this is probably it. It's this disciplined lifestyle mm. and yeah, paul talks about like this about uh, in timothy he's like hey you know like an athlete trains and the soldier yeah. doesn't get distracted and the farmer yeah like you kind of got to be the same and so yeah if you're going to look at i guess a more holistic view of asceticism it's mm. having a disciplined lifestyle mm. um which has a lot, lots of biblical justification behind it mm. it's all the whole book of proverbs is about it's a great example there it's like how do you live a life that's Godly and honouring, and you know, yes. say the right thing, you act in the right manner, <laughs> act in it, yeah, that it's about that. It's about having these disciplines mm. in place, and, and perhaps like, well, I know some people have been called to fast for forty days, which is a fairly extreme,
0: like a complete fast. Yeah, yeah, Oof. a
1: couple of guys. Um, look, you know, I used to fast for a day or so here and there, sometimes with water, sometimes without. Yeah. yeah, over like different things marrying my wife I fasted for mm-hmm. But you know what type of woman I felt this need I needed to spend like time in prayer and to mm-hmm. fast and yeah so there's moments where just forsaking those mm-hmm. good gifts that God's given us yeah, for a yeah, higher yeah. purpose but yeah I guess to that holistic aesthetic lifestyle I would see it as that disciplined mm-hmm. so how they look like not not caving into temptation like mm-hmm. having this yeah that routine of prayer, Bible reading, that that view of life which sees life as worship, not mm. as fragmented. Mm. Sort of, I've done my five minute Bible dick, and then yeah. all the rest.
0: So, so um, I think that it's beautiful and mm. true to say that everything is spiritual. Mm. That might be hard for some people. Yeah. Um, you know, say you're working on a. You know, conveyor belt all day, mm. like, you know, just putting a, a yeah. screw into something. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Like, say yeah. you, for, for whatever reason, uh, in a situation where you're uh, a large part of your time. I mean, I even think, you know, like we, with new parents, you know, just kind of, you know, there's a lot of like sitting around, there's a lot of, you know, this idea of maybe not feeling as productive mm. as you'd love yeah, to be. Yeah. How do we, in those moments um still find the spiritual aspect
1: yeah, of it? i I just use those as like times for prayer uh, I couldn't find it, but um, yeah, there's like I mean like Brother Lawrence, like he would write certain prayers for <clears throat> certain times, mm. like what he was doing for I know the celts did the same mm. too, they would have prayers for. For washing and the dishes, and that's always like an example because that was my job, <laughs> washing dishes. I found that quite <laughs> up. um yeah. Uh, hey, uh, well, a great example from church history was Susanna Wesley. You know who mm. that is? Yeah, she Susanna was, Wesley. She was oh. the mother of
0: John and Charles, where she, she put the dress over yeah, her head. <laughs> yeah,
1: like so. She had I think she was seventeen kids. <sighs> like ridiculous! I just apparently her husband was pretty useless. He was a minister, but like fairly like wasn't really around, didn't Mm. feel much around the house. And so, yeah, she did the heavy lifting and that was kind of how she did life. She just had the apron she threw over her when she needed time. So, like, (laughs) yeah. Well, it's like Brother Lawrence, it's like he had his term common business and no matter how mundane or routine, it was the medium of God's love.
0: Yeah. Yeah. uh, I've got a prayer from him here. It says, Lord of all pots and pans and things. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Since I've no time to be a great saint by doing lovely things or watching late with thee, or dreaming in the dawn light or storming heaven's gates, make me a saint by getting meals and washing up the plates. Warm all the kitchen with thy love and light it with thy peace. Forgive me all my worrying and make my grumbling cease. Thou who didst love to give men food in room or by the sea, except the service that I do, I do it unto thee. It's beautiful. Yeah. It's beautiful. And okay, it's,
1: it's just a dish pick.
0: Man, it, it's you know I, I suppose like so much of the gospel, it's like easily said and so hard to actually do. yeah
1: live out. Uh, that's probably that's probably how I have like done it. When I used to lifeguard, I used to spend a lot of time in prayer because hmm. you get really bored. Yeah, and use it for like yeah prayer and reflection. Mm. So. Yeah, in some ways it's funny, because it was 'cause I was like know what to do. I probably prayed more <laughs> lifeguarding and sometimes pastoral he was like on the go go go. Yeah. So yeah, I guess that's I guess a big part of it's the reframing, which is what was interesting about Torah. So like Leviticus nineteen, for mm. example, like the type of clothes you wear, he so said it was kind of meant to point you back to God being one and
0: Yeah. That
1: idea is that yeah, and um I was reading in a book on, like, Jewish worldview, is that they, their prayer life was more, like, sporadic. It just wasn't, like, huge amounts of times. It was more, like, short, sharp throughout the day, which is what they suggest as Paul says, pray without ceasing. Mm. It wasn't just this non-stop, mm. I'm going to sit in my room for five yeah. or six hours. Like, i heard had missionaries that did that. They did quiet times of five or six hours. Like, how do you
0: manage that?
1: I can not have quiet? Anyway, that's really... They yeah. do it daily, but, um, yeah, yeah. where I think, like, Paul, because like, Paul certainly was, he was a busy dude. He was a tent maker. Sure. He was working, and so that seemed to be, They so say that just that was more what he was saying about it, was that you, you would pray, like, continuously while you were doing things. So, like, you know, we do grace before a meal. Mm. That would just be one example. When you're working, you might send up a quick prayer. Mm. We kind of get that little bit with Jesus. Like, you know, apart from... Um, some of them out, like we don't really get a lot of Jesus' prayers. And it seems to be... Yeah, like he prayed all night, certainly, but then there's a few little like, glimpses. Say when he feeds the 5,000, he just sort of raises his hands and does a little quick prayer to God. And mm. that seems to be the... What I suggest is how they prayed. Mm. So tell you, do are praying about ceasing. And it's like in those moments in life, you're using it mm. to pray. It's not just done by one hour or whatever in the morning and that's it Mm. it's do
0: you think that looks like as well maybe um having a bit of a wider view and being less prescriptive of what a prayer needs to sound like i think so yeah um
1: that's probably a big part of it yeah there's um the shema prayer that was pretty standard like jews would pray shema israeli you know what is it lord is Lord is our God, the Lord is one, love mm. the Lord your God. That was like the daily prayer. But yeah, I think for us is that with Jesus like the model of the Lord's prayer is mm. that and I've heard somewhere that when Jesus says Abba in Aramaic, it's a big thing because it's you look, I don't know if it's true or not, but if it's true it's really cool that like Aramaic wasn't seen as holy language. It wasn't a language you prayed in. Right. And so the fact that he's like using Aramaic's like, ah, oh, it means that like yeah. God can be addressed in any language mm. and like that word for father wasn't foreign to the Israelites, but it's a very intimate sort of mm. title for God. Mm. And so, yeah, the, the, the model of the prayer is, you know, our father in heaven, hallowed be your name. Okay. Your holiness is what comes first. Your kingdom come. Mm. You reign on this earth. You will be done. You give us today our daily bread. Mm. Praying for like the needs we have, give our sins. Yeah. Yeah, for our debtors and lead us not to temptation. And mm. So that's the model. I guess that's, you can kind of use that for, you can see how that applies across life. Mm. And so when you're driving, just shoot up a quick prayer Lord, keep me safe. Mm. <laughs> Lord, don't let
0: me get angry at this person in mm. front of me. Like just things like that. Yeah. So. I suppose by its very nature as well, and when you're creating that culture of prayer without ceasing, mm. you're probably going to create a paradigm of, being more attuned to listening <coughs> to God's yes. voice, right? As well, yeah. it's just kind of making
1: you more aware of. Uh, I, spe- I guess the dialogue that's part of the discipline. Um, I remember reading a book on it was on um, forgiveness, and the guy said his name's K. P. and he said, "Oh, if you think about someone you don't like, pray for them." Mm. That's a pretty big challenge. And he's like, because there's lots of people in our lives who annoy us from the wrong way, and he said mm. that that was his challenge was to help find that healing was mm. yeah, if you find it like yeah easy to say hard to do yeah. which is what jesus said to pray for enemies yeah and so like he was really trying to help readers to reframe your life around that yeah
0: i think that's like the geniusness yeah. of that that people don't realize like that's, that's not just for your enemies Yeah, that's it's probably more so for you. Yeah, yeah. (laughs) like you're probably going to get more out of praying for your enemies than your enemies will get for your prayers, for the most part, which is kind of cool. Hmm. Awesome. Awesome. Any final thoughts as we leave the Uh, A of the shape series behind us?
1: Yeah. Look, hopefully, people, if you had a dualistic view, were challenged Mm. to open up their eyes. It is. Look, I admit it is hard because you read something like. yeah, Colossians, like we're citizens of heaven. Was it Philippians? That's Philippians, yeah. Mm. And we're citizens of heaven, then you automatically kind of think, oh, sure. That's where we're going. And mm. it is, yeah, look, it is hard. Like, I, I'm not naive enough to think that someone's worldview will just be changed. Like, if you've taught this dualistic way of thinking, it's very hard to shift. But, mm. yeah, I just challenge you to read the Bible, like mm. the whole Bible, all the scripture, and those passages Paul said, and to. Mm. Yeah, reflect upon, like, was it meant to be created in God's image and humans were designed to work mm. and to live and to mm. enjoy life and that's mm. not a sinful thing. Mm. But uh, then the flip side too, I guess there's times where we do need to deny ourselves, take up mm. our cross, and that may involve giving up some worldly pleasures for the sake
0: of mm. God's kingdom.
1: So, mm. yeah.
0: Very cool, mm. very cool. Mm. So we are uh, heading into P this week. Oh yeah, yeah. Um, which yeah, you're going to going to take in a bit of a sort of interesting yeah, direction. Yeah. Uh, um, would love to get a little teaser yeah. as always. Yeah, so, uh, going
1: to going to look at uh, P. So how your personality is connected in with like your emotional intelligence. Cool. And then springboard that with proverbs. Mm. Proverbs is. A bit like that. It's like, how do you live as a... Because emotional intelligence, essentially, it's about using your emotions in a way that's healthy mm. and not just suppressing them. Mm. So if you're feeling angry, it's like, oh, why am I angry? Can this stuff's really easy to say, but hard to do in the moment. Uh, like the Book of Proverbs often talks about things like that. Mm. Yeah, so mm. It's really cool. Holding your tongue, you know, mm. and all that stuff. So, yeah. Mm no it's good it'll be interesting it's good looking forward to it well thank you so much for the chat man i think
0: that um yeah as we've said this is i think a very big challenge for people and yeah i'd encourage uh us all to continue to think about how we can bring these two ideas of body and flesh sorry body and flesh flesh and spirit rather together in a more holistic way Mm. so that's my challenge for this week but i'll uh See you on Sunday. You will. And uh, looking forward to hearing a bit more from Personality. (laughs) See you, (laughs) See ya. Thanks so much for joining us. Don't forget to rate and subscribe to help others discover this channel. Check out the description if you want to find out more or get in touch with us at the Centre Dural. But in the meantime, praying for God's hand over you as you continue to step into everything Jesus has in store for your life. Be blessed.